You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Welcome to our next episode of Sleepless in Seattle podcast, where we talk about PBE, uh, the, the Seattle Sea Serpents, um, our teams, news, and all our players, as well as anything around the league that we think is a good topic to talk about. So as usual, we have our GM, Musha. You want to say hi? Hello. <laughs> and then we have um, two special guests in this episode. Uh, one is um, one of our are um, minor leaguers right now that had a legendary um, playoff run. Uh, it's Cantherion of Chicago. Yeah, hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and then we have another special guest. Um, he's um, our um, he was our Anchorage um, GM, um, and he's also um, I think last year were you Rookie of the Year? I think, or at least uh, you were in the podium. I was, but it was two seasons ago. Oh, two seasons ago, all right. You had the Rookie of the Year. <laughs> last season, I was an All-Star. Okay, you had the All-Star, and now a uh, championship run with Death Valley being the World Series MVP. So this is that boy. Do you want to do a quick introduction? Hi. Um, this is... I'm the GOAT. I win everything. I'm going to win the Miners title next year. Mark my words. <laughs> okay. So uh, with, with the group here, I'd like to start with the minors first. So, Kintherion, uh, do you want to talk, do you want to introduce you as a player, a user, uh, and then just talk about um, kind of your run in Chicago first? Sure, yeah. Uh, my first player was Chris Jacob. Um, I created S23, so technically I started hanging around around Season 21. Um, Kintherion was a three-season kingpin, and then spent the rest of his days with Death Valley. Um, and then, yeah, got a little too old to play center field. I didn't really feel like going to DH and doing not much. So it was time to recreate. Um, and I was going through my real life transition. I'm a, I'm a trans woman. So uh, it felt fitting to recreate uh, as Alyssa Jacob. Um, and yeah, I've been with the Kingpins on this character for three seasons as a right fielder. Um, if, if all goes according to plan, potentially two more seasons, I'm hoping. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> you always, you know, you always hope. Um, and then uh, hopefully a lifelong serpent after that. That's uh, that's the goal. I'm I'm a I'm a loyalist at heart. So um, so yeah, that's like the history. And then um, yeah. What are the questions? You asked a lot of questions. Ask me well, yeah. some of them again. <laughs> so how do you pronounce that name? Is it Cantherian or what's what's the right pronunciation? 
you know, it's it's wherever your heart takes you. Is it? <laughs> no, it's yeah, Cantharion is fine. I mean, that's yeah. There you are. Okay. It was uh, the origin story is not very exciting. It wasn't like um, I read a book or anything. It was literally just I made up a random name. Hmm. And, um, here we are. <laughs> it's not like a Dungeons and Dragons type name or anything. It, I mean, it, it is, but um, it was one of those like I, uh, I think the first time I used it was Shining Force on Sega Genesis. So like I, I just Whoa. needed like a name. <laughs> And I don't think it fit. I think this is the name I figured out. I spent like 20 minutes coming up with the name. Um, I don't know why. I just did. And then, yeah, this is like, this is, this is just the name I use everywhere now. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, maybe uh, before we talk about this, this magical season, um, maybe wish a question for you is, um, how is he as a prospect and your thoughts of picking him when he was a Death Valley guy? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest, when we were you know, batting it back and forth, the obvious concern that always comes up, he was with Death Valley the entire time, the first run, so you always get a little, you know, leery thinking they might want to go back to the same team all over again. Um, but after, you know, a few conversations, we realized that was not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, the only question was whether we could afford to keep him down for five seasons. And we're like, well, we're rebuilding anyway, so it doesn't really hurt us either way. So, uh, yeah, so we you know, went ahead and then made the pick. And I think it was a steal for the second round. Mm. Uh, Ethereum, was, um, how, how was that experience, just getting picked in the second round, being picked with Seattle? Did you have a hint that you'd be picked by Seattle? No, oddly enough, I have a lot of friends who are in like various league roles and mm. um, oddly enough i get no they're like very tight-lipped like they're very good about no leaks right <laughs> so um <laughs> so yeah no i had no clue i um i had only talked to pm briefly about returning mm. and essentially the conversation was you're not going to fit in our window we're not going to be able to pick you um mm. and i think that was regardless of how many seasons i wanted to stay down or, or whatever um and that doesn't mean that, you know, that he didn't want me back or that I wouldn't be welcome back. But, um, yeah, obviously, you know, the, the GM's primary goal is usually to win. And so picking <laughs> picking good culture fits is important. But I think, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, it's secondary to that that championship mm. objective. So, um, no, I was I was I only had the one stipulation. The kingpins were um, the one group that I interacted with the most. They were the um again no shade on death valley dvs was a great place for me too but um that was where <laughs> i built the crush fam and built a legacy and had a lot of fun and met with a lot of like-minded individuals and uh, continue to this day i think I've, I've made like actual like friends <laughs> through mm. through uh, the kingpins which um you know for for a 38 year old online i don't think that happens too often so, <laughs> so yeah it was nice it was nice to uh, be able to come back there um, it was awesome that, yeah, the, the Seattle GMs were willing to put up with me. And honestly, the, the draft class was insanely stacked. There were recreates mm. up and down. There were, um, I think, almost three rounds of recreates. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't short of talent. It was literally just um, like who's going to fit where based on like who wants to play in what position. And I think we actually had like a decent spread of positions as well so it was it was one of those mm -hmm. like a it felt like from an outsider's perspective it was like a gm's dream 
because it was kind of like you you get whatever you want and you're going to like stumble into like two or three really good picks. So you were part of the S39 class, if I'm correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this okay. is the, the third season for in the league. Cool. Uh, that boy, uh, you were still the GM, right? Of Anchorage then? Uh, no. So that was, uh. I took over like, well, I didn't officially take over till the next season, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was uh, going to get the job till week one of that season. So I was oh. like around, but I didn't have a role in the draft. Oh, oh, who was the GM then? It was uh, James, that guy. Oh, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, he was the interesting. GM. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, did you did you scout? Um, did you scout then by chance or? Uh, I scouted some of the class. I scouted mm. like six, seven guys, I think. Hmm. And we didn't pick any of them. I was so sad. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, now, back to Cantherion. Um, can you talk about this year? Because, you know, I think um, the year prior, you know, I think you did great in the regular season, but not too good in the playoffs. Um, and I think the year prior to that, I think your first year, right? Did you lose to State College in the finals? And it was like a rematch, if I'm correct? You know, uh, that sounds accurate. I'm going to pretend that that's right. And, you know, one thing that I always used to do on my podcast is we, um, we we state things as if they're facts and then we don't bother fact-checking them. I think that's really important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. It, um, I mean, honestly, the, the state college matchup is funny because that was arguably one of the biggest kingpins moments in history was the, um, the anchovy um, home run to, to win it all. Mm. Um, so long ago, what was it like 10 seasons ago at this point, 12 seasons ago, it's a big mm-hmm. moment at the time. Um, and it happened to be Kingpins versus state college. So it was fun that, um, gaslight gatekeep girl boss was able to get the save and, um, <laughs> and kind of, you know, Sarah kind of went full circle with two characters kind of owning the, the state <laughs> college. That was really fun. Oh, <laughs> Was it uh, was there anything different this year um, from from the preseason um, and the people that you drafted? Um, w- did you have an indication that you'd you'd be competing? Because it didn't seem like you started off too well. Because it's really it felt like state college was really in the lead quite a bit, and then you guys really made a push at the end. Yeah, we went back and forth. I mean, sim gonna sim, right? But it, the the really cool thing about what I, I think a lot of minors GMs do this is um, it's all about fostering new talent. Like a lot of GMs, I think will pick like comfort picks or people they've seen a lot. And I've noticed a trend where like um, the Kingpins want to like develop new users or want to like curate new talent. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it, it's really awesome. We, we pick up some really active people that nobody knew about. And other times it's, you know, it's unfortunate and someone drops out. But um, I think the last couple seasons we've been doing really well with picking up um, new talent. That's, um, you know, people who are newer to the league, but really active and really want to participate. And the, the, the cool thing I've noticed about the Kingpins mm. over the course of, you know, these last two years is um, we are active no matter how the team is doing. So I see a lot of conversation happening. I see a lot of interaction going on. I see a lot of questions. Um, a mm. lot of folks pitch in. So uh, that's the, I think that atmosphere might not always 
breed championship winners as as often mm. as other strategies do but i definitely think that we have one of the best locker rooms um mm. if not in the entire pv at least in the minors <laughs> okay uh, that boy you want to talk a little bit about anchorage's locker room our locker room is it's it's the i mean i don't know chicago but i'm pretty sure we're better than chicago i mean like <laughs> like you say one thing and then boom there's like four guys on top of you ready to respond it's great it's beautiful like when i posted about the uh when i posted my graphic the other day asking for feedback like even though only one guy responded i saw like three people typing i saw them <laughs> it was it was it was great there's no more active locker room than anchorage <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit quieter without me now. <laughs> it might. I don't know. I don't know. We just drafted some crazy guys. And, mm. and we got some crazy guys already. And I'm there. So <laughs> you know it's going to be popping. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, um, Rusa, uh, you've been in, I think, Florida. And uh, what other teams were you in the minors? Oh, let's see. I played for... Kingston, which then turned into Florida. Mm. Then I was traded to Anchorage for my final season. Uh, and then I was on Puerto Rico for a while. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a little of everywhere. Mm. Um, just from your experience, um, you know, you heard from like Anchorage, and I know you've been a part of that. You know, you hear from Chicago, but um, are there. Um, have you seen kind of some some of the uniqueness of each locker room, or is it pretty much the same that you feel, or or how do you feel um, the locker rooms differ in terms of uh, the minor leagues? Um, I think honestly, the minor leagues tend to be slightly more active. Um, mm. If you get enough players, that's the question always. But <clears throat> because you got to figure that it's all your current players plus all your former players plus former GMs plus you know, random people that get into the locker rooms. <laughs> so so they tend to be a little more active, whereas the major leagues is not that it's not active. It's just mm. you usually only got the current team in the actual locker room itself. So mm. a little, little, you know, a little quieter. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and then uh, I think kind of the, the last question I can't carry on um, for, for the kind of the world series, um, yeah, it was like going down to the wire. Um, did you guys have a voice chat or how was that locker room in that last playoff moment? Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say the the entire buildup of the playoffs was insane. Like huge shout mm. out to everyone in the war room because I saw testing that I'd never seen before. I saw sliders that I'd never seen before. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, I mean, I consider I was someone who used a lot of perfect team back in the day. So I thought I knew a lot of this stuff and uh, the way that they set strategies and stuff obviously it panned out and they, they spent a lot of time on it um so shout out to everyone in the war room who, who stepped in for that but um but yeah there was a lot of obviously back and forth on that stuff um i, I think i think to to just to piggyback off of musha's point was the you know the the minors activity tends to be a little bit more but on game day it's like identical is what i think like a lot of majors locker rooms that i've been in they're like jumping on game days and they're dead silent the other day is what it feels like <laughs> so um so i think that um minors and majors are like almost identical on game days they're all very active mm. 
and uh, yeah, people were going nuts. And then when it was um, essentially the final moments being, or the, the final runs for the Kingpins being me and Powell going back to back is fantastic. Um, <laughs> just Yeah, just really felt good to be, because um, I, I, you don't expect a lot of the balanced uh, in, in the minors. It's, it's one of the weaker builds in the minors. I think it's mm. going to do really well in the majors, but um, you're, you kind of, predict that the variance is going to hit you harder than anyone else because you're not really great at anything so there's nothing like at, at least you know like other players will get like 60 uh, power so they'll be they'll be hitting a couple extra dingers but um, I'm just kind of in in the middle of 50 on everything so I, I didn't think I'd, I'd do poorly but it was nice to yeah nice to be actually a part of the win it always feels good did you end up doing better in the playoffs or worse yeah, yeah, as a hitter, um, I think as a hitter and a fielder, it's funny because the uh, Alyssa won the Gold Glove last season with a, mm. a point eight or an eight point one zone rating, um, a positive in the positive, and this season was in the negative two point five. So she had like a completely wow. opposite fielding season uh, from a hitting perspective. She was like a little bit worse, but not like significantly. Um, mm. But in the playoffs, yeah, this was the um, this actually it was her second best playoff performance because her, her rookie season she um she, she had an ops plus of 145 so 125 ops oh, wow. plus is nothing to bat an eye oh, at but yeah. um and four home runs is always fun <laughs> so so she knocked <laughs> the cover off the ball a lot 13 rbis feels good in the playoffs and um yeah definitely I, i've always just said that the sim is going to do what it's going to do and i always mm. hope that i'm just having a lot of fun in the locker room because you could put the best team on the field. You could make all the calculations. You could be the odds on favorite to win and you still lose it. And sure enough, this season, we were not the favorite to win. That's why we won. That's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> uh, are you still active in the Death Valley locker room as well as an alumni? Yeah, yeah. I've got the, um, there's like, a, there's the honorary claw roll or whatever. So um, yeah, <laughs> still got a lot of friends in there. Still got a lot of folks I, I appreciate. I'm not very active in that locker room i never have been to be honest and not again not anyone's fault but my own i just kind of like i joined i was really excited and then i just kind of stepped back a little bit i still max earned of course but um but yeah i got, had a lot of really good conversations with a lot of individuals and um yeah really happy for everyone there it's it's a it's a good group of folks it you know i was sad that we couldn't make it happen again but i'm excited about about uh, the future of seattle too so so congrats to them but um don't get too comfy, I guess, is the message. Dang. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, and now, now the transition to that boy, um, you've, I think, um, compared to uh, last year, I think last year was a slight disappointment, right? Uh, from the Tahini Classic winning it all to, you know, now um, you had um, um, Attica, um, Max Power winning back-to-back home run derbies this year, finally winning it all. You winning the oh. MVP felt like all the stars aligned this year for Death Valley. Oh, it definitely. This season was, it was such a weird season because we won the Tahini, but that was last season's. And last season we lost in the first round. So it was like, man, we could have went further last year. And then we come into this year and the roster, it's, it's basically identical to last season's roster. Like, I think we had like a slight TPE improvement, but like, it basically like was nothing. And then we started the season off not super slow, but like 
I think after the first week, we were like eighth in power rankings. We were like, hmm. there was questions if we were going to make the playoffs. And the next week really didn't answer that. We were in a similar spot. And it's like, oh, what happened? And I was like, I felt bad about posting that we were going to win the division in the predictions in the Anchorage server. <laughs> but then, then, then we stepped it up and we hit the, that, like that last week. I think we like that last week we were like 17 and four. We had an absolutely crazy strong last week to win the conference. And then we just got hot at the right time and crushed playoffs. <laughs> How was your locker room then uh, for that playoff run? Oh, it was, it was so funny because uh, PM, he moved. So all the streams would be at like 2 a.m. his time. So mm. even though usually he's like the most active person in the locker room, he would be asleep to all of them. Oh, no. So then we'd all just like, we'd fire off crazy messages and ping him a bunch. So then when he woke up, he could like, he could see he had like eight pings and 300 messages to look at. And we'd win, and it was it was great. Oh, oh are there um, anyone in particular that's really active in that locker room that you wanted to to give shout outs to? Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. There's so many active people. I mean, Poe's <laughs> obviously the best because he he does the little thing where he like lists out today's games and who we play and the matchups and everything. And that that always gets that always gets me and I think everyone else hyped for the sim because mm. you you'll see the reactions on it will rack up. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool, um, Busha. Just kind of you know being the same division. I know our season didn't go as planned, but um, seems like we made some improvements. Um, how, any comments of Death Valley winning it all this year? Uh. No, I mean, to be honest, it was to be expected. They were, every test I did, they were the favorites. Um, if if we're being, you know, I mean, if we're talking about a surprise, I didn't have New York at the beginning of the season there at all. So, um, you yeah, know, so kudos to them, I guess. I think a lot of people had um, OBX winning it all. Yeah, it was definitely every semi ran at the beginning of the season had OBX versus Death Valley, like every single one. So, <laughs> yeah, Death Valley. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I think this covers at least the, the key topics I wanted to get to. Um, um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about in terms of? Um, I, I think more like um, more in the pros, I would suppose. Okay, I do want to comment on how you said you're coming for us next season. I don't know what you mean Seattle's going to do crap next season. You guys are losing so many games next season. I bet you guys break the all-time losing record next season. <laughs> now nah, we're just taking steps forward. We're not, we're not coming for anybody yet. We're just taking a step forward. Um, you know, we got some people coming up. But as time goes on, we're only going to improve, so... And Death Valley's only going to get old and go down. That's how it works in PB. That's how it always works. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, we're like <laughs> so young and we're like so good. I mean, I think I predicted like three seasons ago we were going to win 10 divisions in a row. And we got three in a row since then. Oh, I, wow. feel like, I feel like we could hit 10 in a row. Wow. 
Wish it, uh, what season do you feel that, you know, will finally overtake them? I mean, I, I'm not sure. I don't have it, like, you know, mapped out that far. You know, I don't know. Because as, you know, everybody always says, Sim's going to Sim. You can put every piece in place. Have, <laughs> you know, everybody on your roster be a 1,000 TB and still lose. Uh, I mean, I was on some New Orleans teams that set all kinds of crazy records in the regular season and then couldn't get out of the you know, first round of the playoffs. So, you know, you're just never going to know. <laughs> well, I'm expecting um, three to five seasons. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have a, a different arc. <laughs> I would suspect that's probably true, yeah. We're, we're definitely on the way up. Um, hmm. You know, everybody assumes that we just lost, but a lot of that was by design, to be honest with you. Um, hmm. And we're just, you know, you know, it's only up from here for us. We just got to keep earning TP and keep going in that range. Um, mm. I think New Orleans is on the way down at this point. So that'll at least give us an opportunity to not, you know, not finish last in division, I would assume. Um, uh, Dapo, do you want to talk a little bit about um, kind of your, your prospects that, that have come up this year? I think, I think we just did the call-ups, right? Um, anyone of note? Or anyone you wanted to highlight? I mean, it's so sad because Zane got called up to go play for New Orleans. <laughs> and he, I was like, oh, he's getting called up to go play for the worst. Well, not worst because you guys are going to be worst. But the <laughs> second worst team in the division. I was like, okay, but he's going to do pretty good because he's he's got a good plan. I saw his plan. His plan is pretty good. Mm. I mean, he's not going to be better than me or Attica. Or the uh, the guy Cancun has, but he could he could be the fourth best power hitter in the division for sure as a rookie. Mm. I don't I don't know who you guys got that's gonna be better than him. <laughs> we don't have any power hitters, do we? In our lineup? Uh, not really. I mean, I hit a little bit, but I'm a freak arc, so I'm capped at ninety. So, um, for now. Yeah, you know, things may change, just <laughs> but okay. um, yeah, not really at the moment. But <clears throat> I mean, that's not what I built from, anyways. So, um, you know, anybody doesn't, you know, I've said it a million times, and here, anyone knows my history. This would be like my fifth time, and then I'm rebuilding a team. So I'm so used to it at this point, and you know, I might as well just, you know, I might as well, you know, just leave after I rebuild and let everybody else reap the rewards. <laughs> Yeah, Musha has a, a system in place. That's what it feels like. <laughs> the, yeah, there's definitely a system. There's definitely a plan. Like I said, just a matter of time. We got to just keep going until we can get there. That's all. Mm. That's cool. Uh, do you want to talk about any of our um, our our call ups or or any transitions for for this season compared to last season? Sure. So we um, we called up you actually. Uh, to be in the bullpen, and uh, we called up Jabs. So lots of Heineken Bear 2.0, <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, that's that was really our call-ups. I mean, we had a couple other ones, I believe, but um, those are the two, you know, the two most impactful, I would say, for this and, season. And well, this year, um, anything different that you plan to look at this year compared to last? Because I, I think the first two years. Definitely, it's a little bit rough, and I think it was really about, you know, building up our pipeline. Um, anything different for for year three in our rebuild? Yeah, we're just like I said, we're just looking to take a step forward. 
um, potentially not finish last place, depending on what New Orleans does. Um, <laughs> we've, you know, we've got required some good players. Um, we're making some switches in defense, so um, you know, we should, you know, we should be better defensively as well. Uh, and you know, the other big one, we're down to just uh, one IA batter at this point. So, and then after next season, <laughs> there'll be no IA batters. So. And um, are you, are you allowed to talk about that big trade acquisition? Yeah, or... I mean, it was approved and posted and everything, so we can talk about it for sure. It had nothing to do with the draft, so um, it didn't impact the draft in any way, so we were allowed to talk about it, and that's fine. Um, yeah, so we so we did acquire uh, CC Bouchard from uh, from New Orleans. Um, we did that mainly, even though they're a little they're a little older. We did that mainly because it's a great user, and as I've explained before, I will always buy into a user and figure everything else out later. Um, that was part of it. And then the other part of it was, you know, it's always nice to have more, you know, uh, high TP arms just laying around. So uh, we'll have a fully active starting rotation uh, with three of the four over a thousand. So, yeah, so we should be better just in that way alone. Yeah, and we weakened uh, New Orleans as well. <laughs> Sounds like a win win to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when I was talking to Phillies about it, we're just like, you know, I mean, he was more willing to want to trade to us because he knows that I'll take care of his player. And, uh, mm. you know, we had several discussions and that was honestly, we talked to probably seven teams about high end arms. And that was the one we ended up settling on. Mm. Yeah. I'm excited for that trade. <laughs> was, he, uh, mm-hmm. was he on team South Korea? Um, he was, uh, if I remember correctly, he was, but I think um, they, they had us trade him back because I think, um, if I'm correct, remember he was, he was one of our first pitchers that we had, and then um, I think they took him back because I think he originally pulled and, and chose Team USA, and I think JJ took, took him, if I'm correct. That's why I'm getting confused, because I remember yeah. you saying we have him, but then I also remember him pitching for Team USA. Which yeah. should include me in that he played for USA, but I don't know. I yeah. was like, I thought we had him. <laughs> so unfortunately, one of those strange kind of WBC rules that weren't as clear, where um, you know, I think everyone chose their their preferences. You know, he later on decided he wanted to to play for us with Team USA being all stack. You know, he he redid the survey, but you know, due to um, the rules, unfortunately, um, Team USA still had first choice, and they still wanted him. So, uh, unfortunately, he went to Team USA, but we actually did better <laughs> result-wise. So, we're winning the next one. We're winning the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that comes full circle. So I thought it was interesting, but yeah. yeah. And then also, additionally, I mean, with you coming up, Captain, you know, I'm not going to spoil too much, but we got you a shiny new pitching build too. So you should be, you should be much, you know, you should be much improved. Yeah, I could tell you, um, just being a new user, and I think this will be similar to all new users, but, you know, you rely on your GMs, right, um, for the builds, or Enoch, right? <laughs> and then, you know, you enjoy your minor leagues, and unfortunately, um, for the minors, the the Sims haven't been really too not kind to any of the pitchers, unfortunately. Um, but on the other end, um, I kind of now really questioning that, you know, with with that boy and and how Death Valley is all structured regarding hitting, right? And that boy is really a strong 
you know, batter build person. Um, just thinking back, I wonder if I would have done better if I met a more pitcher, <laughs> pitcher experienced GM. <laughs> it's one of uh, like, the oldest debates, I think, in the PBE is like, um, or at least I've seen a lot of discussion around it where hmm. people say like, hey, should rookies be allowed to build XYZ, right? Um, because we want new users to feel empowered and feel like they can have fun in the league. But so many new users join and their players are really bad. <laughs> um, so it's, it's tough. And then they leave because they're like, well, my player sucks. So I'm, uh, I'm leaving. Uh, and you can't, you know, there's, there's very specific rules now about you can't, you know, you don't want to push them too hard in any direction. Mm. You want to make sure it's what they want. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's something that we'll continue to see kind of evolve in the PBE. I think, mm. um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we don't want to make it so that there's only like one or two viable builds. I don't think that's ever been the goal, but um, probably steering people more effectively away from like breaking their players. It, I, I don't see a detriment to that. I, I would see like maybe maybe we get to a world where it's like um, the template that you build against is like going to progress in a certain way. Or like, uh, you know, if like you're a brand new user, instead of like distributing your TP yourself, um, you you choose like one of like three paths or something for the build you chose. Something like, I don't know, I'm just spitballing and I'm sure this stuff has been talked about <laughs> dozens, if not hundreds of times by people way smarter um, and way more knowledgeable than me about this stuff. But yeah, that's it's a discussion that I, I engaged in recently, like mm. um, left-handed uh, throwers. You know, like so, um, so like how limited they are, how they can't play certain positions in the OOTP 23 engine. Um, so why do we allow it, right? Why do we let that happen? That's, it's a fair discussion to have. Um, so I would love to hear more about that or see more about that. But I'm, you know, there's a reason I'm not in HO because I'm too lazy. But still, but still, I want to, you know, I would love to for those conversations to happen <laughs> at least. Um. Uh, that boy, Musha, do you have any thoughts on how you can, how how just the league in general can help, um, you know, help with new players in, in terms of being a pitcher, you know, being it tough for a pitcher in the minor leagues, right, with the with the TP limitations and such? Um, is there things that you guys could recommend that would be, that could be nice tweaks that could help with that experience? Well, I did when I was a minors GM was I never like pushed anybody, but if I, you know, I would mostly let people build however they wanted. But if mm -hmm. I saw something that I knew was going to break the player, then I would immediately mm -hmm. reach out and be like, yeah, you really don't want to do that. And I would explain why. And then I would run, you know, Sims and I would send them screenshots, much like I did with you, Captain. I would send mm -hmm. them screenshots of what it looks like. And then they'd be like, oh, well, then what should I do? And if somebody asked me, for a build, I'm going to give them a build. I'm, you know, I try not to push people, but if they ask me for a build, I'm going to straight up hand them one. So that's, you know, so that's kind of what I, you know, that's what I used to do. Um, as far as forcing them to do stuff, I'm not really in favor of that, but I do agree that, um, you know, as a minor team, at least part of it is if you see somebody doing something that is going to break them, you should probably say something. Well, well, not really enforcing in this way, but. You know, even if you have a good build, right? Yeah, you know, we've seen, you know, whether it's Wayne Wheeler, you know, um, the prior seasons before, you know, any of the the, the players that we have, right? Whether it's um, OD's player, um, Nova, you know, they just don't perform as well, unfortunately, in the minor leagues. 
um, and they end up having you know nicer careers in the majors. But um, it feels like you know when I talk with you know the S forty class, S forty one class, and even some in the S thirty nine class that especially for the newer players, I think the the recreates and the the veterans are used to it, right? And they know you know after you get to the minors and the majors, you know it'll all even out. You'll have better careers, but in the minors, when you have all this energy, excitement, and then your player kind of really doesn't do too well, although you have nice builds and such. Um, I don't know how to go <laughs> to resolve that. I mean, I, I mean, as I explained to you, I won two World Series with three active pitchers. So um, <laughs> for some reason, the minor leagues responds better to active bats, or at least capped bats. Uh, starting pitchers kind of get the short end of the stick in the minor leagues. Um, you can get some dominant relievers, but for the most part, starting pitchers kind of they kind of get the short end of the stick for some reason. It's just kind of always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why, if I was ever going to recreate as a pitcher, I would recreate as a reliever again, so I don't have to deal with that. But <laughs> that's just me. Um, you know, there's also certain strategies that a GM can employ to get better results out of pitchers, um, like limiting batter's face, limiting pitches, things like that. Um, but that's, you know, that's all personal preference, honestly. Would it help if the TP limit went up or down? Just curious. Would it help the pitching experience, do you think? If if TP went up? Yeah, uh, kind of the max right now is at 350 TP, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if it went up to like 400 to 500, for example, versus it going down to maybe 250 just across the board, would it make pitching relatively better? The only way I would see that really mattering is if they mm. capped batters at 350 and raised pitchers. And then you're mm. getting a whole okay. different So do you think regardless, um, because of you know, um, the various attributes needed, it's still going to be the same regardless? <laughs> yeah, because a lot of it is you got to realize when you're in the minor leagues, a lot of players don't build defense, mm. like hardly at all, because um, you have the 350 cap, like you said, right? So. Mm-hmm. So they don't really build defense. They mostly focus on the bat. Some players do, but for the most part, most people focus on the bat. And defense in the OOTP engine, forever and ever and ever and ever, your defense you know, affects your pitching. Mm. Um, I think the reason why relievers can get away with it, because most relievers these days anyways are flamethrowers. They strike out a ton of people, so they don't put a lot of balls in play. But if you put balls in play, the majority of them, as you <laughs> found out, are going to go into the stands. <laughs> at that point i know um this year and the year prior unfortunately we've struggled a lot um for our bullpen right for not not much as our bullpen but really our, our starting rotation um any thoughts <laughs> on what worked or didn't work uh i mean i don't know what worked because we had the worst pitching staff the last two seasons three seasons i think actually so i don't know what did work. What doesn't work is these flamethrower starters in the monitors. Like they get <laughs> shelled so much. Like I think you mentioned OD earlier. He mm-hmm. was at a 350 build, completely maxed, and he had like a 7.5 ERA. Like absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Like it was like that is oh, the flamethrowers. Like I don't, they worry me. They worry me for sure. Like they just, they do so bad in the monitors. Because now that the ground ball percentage, they start with a 44. Like, mm-hmm. that, I think that's too low. 
Yeah. And I know, um, you know, I, I let, um, as, as I've shared with um, Lord Parkwa and others uh, in our PBE Discord, but if you look at it la um, this season, um, we had, uh, I think it was Flamethrower Meta um, in Florida that led in Home Runs Giving um, Allowed. Uh, and then I led last year in Anchorage, and they were both picked uh, in, in our same draft class by Seattle last year. But wow, <laughs> it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough um, archetype in the minors for sure. Yeah, they um, uh, the flamethrower is definitely a long term build. Like um, if you span it out over the course of an entire career, the flamethrower mm -hmm. arc actually dominates. That, yes, relief and starter. I've I've done full career sims on so many players. Mm. The issue is is that it doesn't even start really performing that well as far as a starting pitcher until you're like over a thousand. So as a reliever, you can get a lot more you know, mileage out of it, but <laughs> as a starter. So my recommendation for new users would be don't create a flamethrower in the minors. <laughs> you can always arc switch later. Um, one person that pops up in um, uh, um, in Anchorage's um, um, Discord every once in a while, as well as our PPE, just general Discord, is we have Diesel, who's a former Anchorage player that's in the Makos. Um, him and um, his other colleagues, they all seem like they're flamethrowers in the in the in the majors, and they're all at least of the last year. They were uh, at least they started off I think as a thousand to a thousand two hundred TP. And they've still struggled a lot, and they really complain about: is it the archetype? You know, is it just the Makos being you know, <laughs> cursed? Uh, and they've been complaining quite a bit because their their starting pitching has really kind of suffered quite a bit. Um, any thoughts there? Well, I would point to Athena Aria as a good example of what a flamethrower can do at high TP levels. Mm. Um, that's basically what you're looking at. Again, the issue is you got to get there, so. <laughs> I would strongly encourage people to use maybe a different arc earlier and then switch later. But yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want, honestly. That's the beautiful thing about this league. It's just if you are strictly going on for, you know, for performance, then that's what you'd want to do. Um, now, another example on the opposite end is Shoto Todoroki, who you know, I had in Florida and, uh, pretty much dominated all the way through. So it's kind of, you know, I guess it also kind of does come down to a little bit of sim luck too. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, from an anecdotal side as well, um, mm. it seemed like, uh, at least from, from a hitter's perspective, that um, I wasn't, like Chris Jacob had his peak season uh, in his like seventh total season. So he wasn't at t peak TPE yet. He was somewhere around a thousand. Um, and mm. was really crushing the ball and, and doing well. And then it seemed like the meta, that's when like uh, a lot of people were coming up through the minors as flamethrowers, and that uh, he really got shut down. Um, like his peak cr uh, season, uh, his war was like half of what it, it was in that in his best season and kind of oh, continued wow. to trend down from there. And then it kind of jumped up again when we switched over to 23. So like my anecdotal theory would be that mm. in 21, Flamethrower is like undeniably the best. And in 23, it's still probably the best, but there's a lot more variance to it. That's what it seems like anyway. Mm. Um, just from kind of the data or, or any of the analysis that you've seen, um, especially for new newer players in the minor leagues, is there things that you've um, that you see in either the builds or the archetypes that you'd like to share 
that might be helpful for some of our listeners? Uh, well, I think one thing a lot of GMs do um, in the locker rooms that I've seen is they always will post like um, positions and builds. So like if you're curious about recommendations, I think leaning on the GMs mm-hmm. is like your best move 100%, like Musha mentioned earlier. Um, the, the GMs will do like the heavy lifting, especially if you're new to the PB. <laughs> um, but honestly, it's like it it's taking the time to look at other players. I, I didn't do that when I first started. I really just like asked my GMs what I should build, which was, it worked, but um, it probably would have been a little bit better if I had like looked at a couple players, looked at what I was trying to do, like thought about um, like my career goals, essentially. I never really thought about that as a new player. I was just like, I want to meet people. It's going to be fun. And then I was like, mm-hmm. this sim is crazy. What's happening? So, what you know, getting, getting that expectation set early is always good that, Uh, that variance and randomness is going to happen that even if you pick the best build you can be the worst player Um, and that hopefully it it all kind of averages and aggregates out to be decent so a lot of the a lot of the minor league players again i see them come up with like i said like left-handed throwing or like no no like non-contact build at all or they're just like i want to hit dingers and you're like okay well you're not going to hit anything um it seems to be the case that in the minors, generally, if something's under 40 and you're maxed, you did something wrong as a hitter. Like generally, everything but gap should be like 40 or above, and then you can play with numbers after that. But if you're trying to go with, you know, if, if your ideal build is like, well, I'm not worried about striking out, I'm just going to take a bunch of walks, so, well, that's cool, but then you're going to strike out way more than you should. So it's, yeah, a lot of it in the minors seems to be as a hitter just get to those minimum points and then play with it like you want like i said the the variance is going to be pretty wild as far as like power 50 between 60 goes nuts um yeah just uh, just run the sims yourself if you if you have uh, out of the park 23 do that if you don't have it consider getting it it's almost always like randomly on sale it seems like Um, well unfortunately you can't buy 23 anymore they've restricted it so you can only buy 24 yeah they've changed the policy unfortunately gotcha okay well good luck then that's (laughs) (laughs) i would never recommend anything illegal so i guess you just can't get it anymore yeah they've stopped it so you you really can't even if you want to pay whatever they've they've blocked it (laughs) interesting okay fair enough yeah yeah i think it's um because you know the company was sold right to to a Korean company, um, come to us. So I think they're now trying to kind of maximize profits. So unlike in the past where you could buy you know cheaper versions, they're forcing everyone to buy only the newer ones. Well, the the yeah, I mean, I, I can get on a soapbox on this all day. The 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 <laughs> long story shortest I can make it, I promise, is um, I I was low key addicted to Perfect Team. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. Like I was spending mm. way more money than. A lot of people should have um i was really into it and it was you know it's all of the um it's all that like telltale gotcha stuff right <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's you know you get those dopamine hits you, you keep going for it you want to be the best you start dropping a little money you get way better you know it feels good and um so yeah perfect team is where all of their money is right now and it's unfortunate because their user with the current models it seems like and again i'm not like an industry professional i'm not a marketing guru but from what i've seen um you can never grow past that model if you have that model. In other words, mm. there are other like card games, um, say like a Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. uh, that does like um, like different rewards and has like you know um, different releases in order to generate cash flow. And they don't do 
big bursts to buy cards, they do like, oh yeah, it's, you know, every few months we're going to get revenue from a bunch of users. But when mm -hmm. you're in that kind of gotcha mindset, um, like come to us is that's the, you know, uh, yeah. OTP is not their only gotcha game. They have a lot of them. <laughs> they're very good at it. Yeah. Um, there's no need for them to focus on a game to, to do more than that. Cause they're doing really well with what they're doing. So I, I respect it. I don't like it, but I understand what they're doing. Um, I still would recommend Perfect Team. I would just say don't spend any money on it. Um, mm. uh, yeah, unless you you know unless you have way better self control than I do, or don't uh, <laughs> you know don't have some like a an addictive personality traits or something. Like, yeah. So so the long story yeah. short is I can make it. I hope that wasn't terrible. <laughs> That's cool. And related to this, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know. You know, um, the majors draft, um, you know, uh, is, is happening, and then the minors draft is, you know, in progress. But one of the things that was interesting that we've seen, especially in this season, is um, with you know NAS base, the Emmy winner, um, that's now affiliated, you know, uh, a Twitch, a streamer, and then and Attica as well, um, part of Death Valley Max Power. He's been affiliated as well, so both being very active in the in their Twitch streams, you know, definitely advertising our PB streams. Uh, and then and then related to that, you know, not only that, but, you know, you had our affiliated um, other uh, OTP streamers, and definitely they talk about perfecting quite a bit. Uh, for them, you know, we had um, people like Punk and Lord Parkwall uh, attend those and really kind of promote PBE. So what we've seen is there's been like a good blast of I think some around the waiver wires last season from S41, and especially we're seeing a a nice group from S42 from that. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. So uh, with that, I think um, perfect team though. Uh, to your point, <laughs> it's it feels like a necessary evil, but um, I think one of the other things that people don't know is we have a specific Discord for a perfect team. So in our PB sim, um, there is a, a perfect team Discord, and you know people like Punk. You know we had um, some of our newer recruits or, or prospects that are uh, in the draft this year. We've had a good three or four that are very active uh, in that Discord as well. Uh, myself, Babs. Um, you know, you have Nasbase, so you have a good um, active community there, which is interesting. <laughs> For anyone that's interested, there's there's that opportunity as well. Yeah, I think the synergy makes a lot of sense. I think, um, I mean, I was one of the users who came over because of Perfect Team. So, oh wow! Uh, and okay. again, I think my story is the exception, not the rule. I definitely, mm. again. Um, I could go on a soapbox for a much longer time about addiction and stuff like that, but the bottom line is um, a lot of people are way better at willpower, self-control, uh, all that good stuff. So as long as you're smart with that stuff, Perfect Team is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of variance to it. Um, a lot of the joy that comes, I think, from the PBE in general, you can get like lower key versions of it because obviously you're not self-creating these characters, but yeah, getting to create a team like it's the ultimate. Well, it's not the ultimate, but it's a really good test of if you think you might might be interested in GMing, um, play it. Play a couple seasons of Perfect Team um, because it's a it's a pretty similar experience. Obviously, it's not one to one, but um, the idea of running the whole team, setting the sliders, um, making those decisions on who to well who to bench and who to play, not necessarily, but yeah, yeah. There's still you know low key <laughs> stuff in there, and um, yeah, I think it's. I would like I said, it's still overall recommend it. Um, mm. It's just you know know your limits as well. Uh, <laughs> sure. 
Uh, and that play, Musha, I, I know you both, um, you know, do a lot of sims uh, and a lot of testing. Uh, do you both play any of the base game for for any reason, or is it just mostly for simming the leads and simming builds? No, I mean, I play definitely played the base game. Um, I do perfect team, but I don't spend money. I just, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I just win. And get enough, you know. I do a lot of tournaments to win enough, you know, uh, win enough packs to actually get decent players. Mm. Um, like I just got, I got, you know, I'm sure people in the league I was just in, I just got promoted from, I got promoted up to iron or whatever, and that's yeah. not completely destroyed the league below that because I have, you know, you know, I have a bunch of perfect players and stuff like that, and they're probably wondering. So, yeah, I get a later start than most people because it takes me a while to mm. build up, but once I do, you know, I'm usually pretty good. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I do that. I do play the base game a little bit here and there, even when I can, when I have time. <laughs> and, and that boy, do you, do you play at all, or? I play the base game. I play the base game. I play it, but my problem is, I suck at it. Like, I'll, like I had one. I was the Giants, and I like was four seasons into it, and I got worse every season. Like my first season, I had won like ninety games, but I missed the playoffs. And then every season after that, I slowly got worse and worse. Mm. And I don't, I don't care how I, I don't get how you do good at it. <laughs> I like, I thought I did good because I traded like for all these young players, and mm. like I got. I did. I read a guide one time, and I did everything he said to do. And then my team was just crap, and I was like, "Oh, oh. this sucks." <laughs> well, I think kind of picking back of what Kantharian was kind of mentioning in the sense of, you know, I think um, the base game can help, or you know, either the base game or, or perfect things can help with the sliders. Is there, you know, with with you two being the GMs, is there anything else that you could think of from the base game that? You know, newer GMs or people that want to aspire to be GMs could kind of leverage from that uh, from that tool. I think I think the trade tool is pretty interesting, though, because the trade tool it teaches you it teaches you patience in a way. Because mm. there are a lot of times you'll put a trade in and they'll be like, "Ah, get back to me," and you'll be like, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to have to." <laughs> do this later i want to do the trade now and you'll end up putting more stuff in to get it done now when you can just like send it to them and then they'll accept it in a couple of days and i think it's similar to that in the pve where like you'll send a trade to a per you'll like ask a person like hey you want to trade and they'll be like ah i'm not ready now but then if you stay patient and you come back and ask later they might be like oh yeah my things changed i want to do it versus if you mm -hmm. rush to try to you'll overpay to try to force a trade or something right away Mm. And I think that correlates well. Mm, that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, Wisha, anything from, from your experience of, because you've done a lot of rebuilds, right? Anything that we can leverage or anyone that wants to be a GM, anything that can leverage in the base game that can help them prep to be a, a future GM? Um, no, you know, kind of just same thing everything else said, just getting used to you know, setting sliders, playing around with sliders, mm -hmm. um, finding what works and what doesn't. Um, the issue with the base game, and I, this is the theory I have, is I think that if you just play against the computer, it handicaps you. Um, because I've literally sat there and just ran a sim one time, just to see who to, you know who's supposed to be the best team in the game. 
then I put myself as the GM of that and ran the same exact sim again, and they finished last place. And that's oh. me moves at all. So I think that it almost handicaps you in a way. That's just a theory I have that handicaps the, the user <laughs> okay. in favor of computer teams. But um, as far as like, you know, is that, yeah, pretty much just setting the sliders and getting used to how the game overall works. The issue is, is that PB is unique. Technically, we break the game. Um, mm. We do things that the game was never meant to do, so it kind of has some weird reactions. But once you get used to it, uh, it, you know, it becomes pretty easy after a while. Mm. All right, cool. Can I uh, can I share another? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say another. Can I share a baseless <laughs> and stupid conspiracy theory that I always think is funny with uh, Out of the Park? Okay. Is that a lot? <laughs> so, okay. In the player editor, uh, and this was the same in 21. I, I don't remember if it was in 22 or not, but in, it is also true in 23. Um, if you go to the editor, between mm -hmm. select city of birth and height in centimeters, there is a blank mm -hmm. line. There's a blank line there. Why would they do? Why is there a blank line there? That's called clutch factor. They don't want you to have access to it. It's a hidden behind the scenes statistic, and that's and that's what does all the magic for players. I rest my case. <laughs> so you think there's like a, a special meter that um, per player that kind of determines um, how well they do in a sense? <laughs> there saying, actually is. Yeah. Um, um, if you go to create a player, mm. uh, if you're messing around, you know. And you go to create a player, the first thing that pops up is a little menu that says, Do you want them to be a superstar? Do you want them to be a, an average player? Or do you want them to be a bum? Basically. Mm. And it literally gives you the option from the start to set them, you want know, a trajectory. So, my you know, conspiracy theory always was what if certain players are just being created as superstars and certain players are creating as mediocre? And that's why you see the wild differences, seemingly regardless of TV. That was, you know, that was mm. one of my conspiracy theories for a while. Yeah, and then every once in a while, that was the whole um, Jody Jody Flyball. That was the Jody Quinn um, theory, and it turned out to be true. I'm just saying, like sometimes they turn out to be true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, because I I do feel my player's a little bit cursed. It's he's not he's not doing too well at the moment. <laughs> well, as a okay, so uh, to give the background, because you said you mentioned you're you're uh, a newer player. The Jody Flyball thing was something that someone found through testing. So, uh, the oh, wow. Named, yeah, the player named mm. Jody Quinn uh, found out that at at creation in the PBE, players were being randomly assigned whether or not they were ground ball or fly ball, and that mm. players who were assigned fly ball were hitting way more home runs and hitting way better. And uh, I was actually picked as the counter-argument because my player landed in that fly ball camp. Um, mm. So it, it turned out that my player was like, crushing and exceeding records um well not exceeding record but yeah doing really well uh, versus his player with the exact same stats the exact same build the exact same tpe like almost identical in every other way um mm. so yeah so that so you, you just never know it's one of those um that's part of why i mentioned recommending like playing with as much as you can if you do have 23 if you manage to, to squeeze in a copy before it closed i don't know how much 24 translates to that stuff but um I mean, I think the the tahini gets run in twenty four, right? So maybe, so maybe it translates really well. But um, so I guess pick up twenty four and and see how it it looks. But uh, yeah, run sims, change things on your player, change little things, things that you don't think should matter. Um, 
change things that you do think should matter, right? Like arm slot and things like that, that seem innocuous, that can have a really big impact. Um, and just keep keep playing with it. And if you can't play with it, yell at your GMs to play with it. And they'll love you for it because they like active players. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I think um, with, with time running down now, uh, I'd love to just get um, each of you to talk about maybe just one last, um, anything about the PBE that you want to, that you're looking forward to this season. Um, so I think, uh, Musha, do you want to start off? Is there anything that you'd like to share related to PBE that you're kind of excited coming up for, for season 41? Yeah, I'm just kind of excited to see how our new call-ups do, um, how things kind of pan out a little bit as far as that goes. Um, and I know that relievers almost never win the Rookie of the Year, but uh, those numbers I shared with you that I kept getting sim after sim after sim, um, definitely be in the conversation if you can actually hit that mark but <laughs> um yeah yeah i mean that's it for me yeah uh, related to that to me I'm, I'm really excited to at least have a decent pitching here <laughs> i've had two bad ones so far in anchorage so uh, maybe transitioning so um for the people that don't know i've i've spent money to ask to transition from a starting pitcher to a reliever so i'm hoping i have you know a, an easier transition to the major so I'm excited for that. And then, you know, one of our colleagues in Anchorage, Camaro, he's in San Antonio. So he's he'll be battling me out um, to see who's the better reliever this year. <laughs> um, that boy, um, anything that you're looking forward to for season 41, whether it's for Anchorage, the Valley, um, for you? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to Anchorage's next season. I feel like we're finally we're finally going to get to the playoffs. Like last season, I really thought we were going to get to it, and we didn't. But you look at a record; we went fifty-four and fifty-four. That's that's five hundred. That's a big improvement over last year. We've gained like multiple seasons in a row where we've had good improvements, and this next season we're supposed to jump a lot of TPE. I think we can make the playoffs. That'll just be that'll be so great because a lot of these guys I know they're great people. They put a lot of time and effort into doing their PTs every week, and I want to. I want to take them to the playoffs, and I think next season's our year. Yeah, for, um, to put just a little bit note on Anchorage, um, the team, um, you know, in season thirty-eight, I think, right, thirty-eight was where you know they went last place. Uh, the last two seasons, we just barely missed the playoffs, always finishing just a game or two out. So it's been heartbreaking, and uh, with. You know that boy leading. We're we're really hoping that <laughs> um, Seattle or Anchorage kind of hits that playoff mark finally. Because I think from the alumni to everyone that's in the dugout, they're really rooting for the team to finally make it. But they just keep coming just very short each time. <laughs> it's 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 tough. It's really tough. We're just we're inches inches away, man. That one game, one game versus the Flamingos. We only had to win one game, and we lost. Of course we did. <laughs> Uh, are you predicting going six, fifth or six this year? I think, I don't know. I think we're going to do really well. Wow. All right. Maybe even higher. All right. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think we're going to do. I'm hoping top three. I'm hoping top three. Oh, all right. <laughs> and then, Cantherion, um, with kind of the reigning pants now, um, any other, anything you're excited for for season 41? I mean, as always, um, I look forward to meeting new, meeting new users, getting to know new people. Um, I always say this, I never commit to it because I, 
I always want to, but yeah, hopefully starting up the Crush Fan podcast again and mm. just highlighting those new users. That's always been my goal, just to get new people introduced, get them a little uh, bank to get them started and hopefully get them excited about the impending equipment fees they'll have to pay. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean the 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 Kingpins record speaks for itself. We're six straight in the playoffs. So, uh, I, I don't think we're slowing down anytime soon. Um, I don't think a rebuild is happening anytime soon. So we'll continue mm. to compete. We'll continue to have fun. And ultimately, um, yeah, looking forward to getting to more know more of my Seattle teammates as well. I, I appreciate you yeah. having me on here, so I could I could have a chat with everyone. This was great. Great. All right. Well, thank you all for, for joining us once again. Um, this was um, Sleepless in Seattle, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.